Welcome to another episode of How to Read the Bible. I'm your host, Nate Claiborne, here once again with Benjamin Kant. How are we doing, Ben? Doing well, Nate. Looking to jump into how to read the Bible, as in how do I actually begin reading the Bible? Yeah, we were. This is a great idea you had earlier. Of we've been talking about what we've actually been reading for most of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing book intros. We've been doing deep dives on specific chapters. Uh, but as we're moving into the new year, it seems like a good time to talk about the actual habit of reading the Bible. So mm-hmm. it's kind of how to read the Bible in the abstract sense, sure. uh, but with some really practical tips, I'm hoping. So yeah. um, let me throw it to you, though, first. Like, what What's your vision and kind of what we're doing here today? Yeah, so uh, we... I think most of us know by now that what whatever we do over and over and over again eventually has formative effects on us. And so um, Annie Dillard has this great quote that says, how you spend your days is, of course, how you spend your life. And so um, if you spend your days uh, in the mornings for many people um, opening up, reading a chapter of the Old Testament and the New Testament, you will have spent your life as a Bible reader. <laughs> you will be uh, like the Psalm 1 man or woman that meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. Um, and, and so uh, having a habit, a, a regular practice, a rhythm of reading the Bible um, on a daily basis is core to walking with Jesus. It's core to being a, a person that, that follows the God of the Bible, because this is true um, for the Old Testament saints as well, as I just said with Psalm 1. Mm. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of, we're going to think about what it looks like in practical terms to mm-hmm. develop this habit of reading. So, That's right. Uh, w- w- let's, we'll start with you. What, what do you do yeah. on a s- daily basis? Yeah. So I have to have it in my calendar. Um, part of that is, is I do this thing called time block planning, where every minute of every day um, is a- assigned to something, even if that is uh, something like watch TV. <laughs> or It's kind of like a Dave Ramsey's envelope system, but for time. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I get it from a guy named Cal Newport, who I, I know that both of us have read some of his yeah, things. Yeah. And um, it's been super helpful for me. Some people probably hear that and that sounds like a, a straitjacket. I'm one of those people. Um, I'm one of those people that uh, feels like you, if you tell me what to do with a, t- a bit of my time, it feels like prison. Um, but this has actually been super liberating for me. And so the first thing I do is I've got a calendar and I've got it on my phone from 6.30 to 7.30. Now, it's I should be clear, I don't always hit an hour's worth of time, but I've got that time blocked out for an hour because I know that I'm going to need at least 30 minutes. And so if I oversleep or if I purposely, like I try to get eight hours of sleep every night. And so if I go to bed at like 11.30, I will bump back my clock if I can so I can wake up a little bit later because mm-hmm. um, the sleep really matters to me. And so so then that's going to bump back that time or cut, cut, cut into it a little bit. Um, but the first thing I do is it's on my calendar. I do it. I have it locked in for um, Monday through Friday. Saturday, I do something a little different. Sunday, I do something a little different. But and then I've got a place. I've got a desk in my study, which is our guest bedroom. Um, and I've got my little lamp. I've got my Bible is there. And then my, um, it's not a moleskin, but it's equivalent of a moleskin. I'm really nerdy about journals. And so uh, I've, I've come across this one that I really like. And, and so I've got those ready to go. Um, and then I've got uh, a really clear Bible reading plan that we practice called community Bible reading. Oh, and, yeah, I've heard uh, of that. yeah, that's right. Where we read an Old Testament chapter and a New Testament chapter. And so, um, I, something that I didn't say that I should add is that I brew a cup of 
uh, French press coffee. I'm not actually a coffee snob because I put creamer, uh, like fancy pants creamer in there, but, but I do like my French press coffee. Um, and, and so I love drinking my coffee. Like, uh, and so I'm saying these details to say like environment matters. Um, the door is closed. It's, it's, um, it's kind of, as Jesus would say, I go into my closet and, and meet with my father in secret. Um, and the other thing is, is that um, incentives or rewards really matter too. So I find it to be rewarding to sit with a cup of hot coffee in the morning. There's something really, I, I enjoy that. Um, and so that's the, that's at least the, the habitual part of it. Now, the last thing I'll have to say is like, I'm actually comfortable with failing. So there's, there's days, there's weeks, like this morning we had, um, our session meeting and it's at 6am, all of our elders get together. And, and so I didn't wake up at 4am. I, I just didn't, I haven't read the scriptures yet this morning. Um, and, and hopefully I'll be able to before I go to bed, but if I miss it today, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Mm-hmm. I want to have a, a life pattern of somebody who reads the Bible daily. Um, and so I have that, I have a life pattern of that, but I miss days and that's okay. I'm comfortable with failing. Uh, even if you want, want to not call it failing, I'm comfortable with missing some days. Yeah. It's kind of like with a gym habit. Like once it becomes an actual habit, if you miss a day, it's, it's not the end of the world. Cause in general, you're a person who yes. exercises regularly. Yeah. And, so. and that's a good analogy because both with my exercise habit and with my daily Bible reading habit, if I miss a day, I know it and I feel it. Um, so, so it's kind of like, um, I've become so accustomed to reading the Bible. I've come so accustomed to running or lifting or whatever I'm, I'm doing for exercise that when I miss it, I, like I'm, I've got this, you know, it might be subconscious. It might be whatever it is, but I'm aware that I missed it. And it's not in a guilt or shame sense. It's in a, I desire it. I want that. And so I, I I'm often more committed to making it happen the next day or the next day if I miss it because yeah. of how much it, I value it. Yeah. And it's, it's maybe worth noting the, the metaphor works as well in that if you miss a day at the gym, you can't work out twice as long the next day. Mm-hmm. It's still just one workout the next day. That's right. And so you, you feel it because you missed it and you pick back up with the habit the next day, but you can't really double up. Like you can't do yesterday's quiet time today. Yep. It's it's just, it's today's. Yeah, that's, that's, that's well said. So what about you, Nate? What's, what's this habit or this rhythm of daily Bible reading like for you? So mine's a, it's a little bit different. I do mine in public. Mm. Um, I worked at Starbucks for a significant part of my college experience and I was at an opening shift there, which meant wow. getting there at five thirty at the latest, sometimes four or four thirty. Mm-hmm. So it just sort of, uh, enculturated me to being a morning person. I wasn't previously, if I think back to high school, like I, you know, slept till eight thirty nine o'clock cause I was homeschooled. So I didn't have to get up and go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, but in working at Starbucks, it did two things. It got me used to getting up early and it got me addicted to coffee. Um, and so it just became, oh, if I get here early, it's quiet. There's not a lot of people here. There's a comfy chair. So it's kind of like wherever I'm living in college or if I've got roommates, it's like a place that I can go for peace and quiet. And mm-hmm. so it just became um, a really deeply ingrained habit. And I didn't actually realize until everything happened with COVID how mm. much my Bible reading mm. was tied to that movement. So, so you're, you're emphasizing the value of environment too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, typically, so if, if we go back to January, um, I would get up between five and six, mm-hmm. um, get dressed, get outside. Uh, we lived right behind a shopping center with Starbucks. So it was like 
two minute drive, mm-hmm. park, get in, get in the comfy chair, get my Trenta cold brew. Nice, um, crushing it. Just you, well, you are an addict. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, well, it worked out well, and this is free advice for people with if they want to actually make a Starbucks habit a reasonable expenditure. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do what I do, um, you can become a gold card member. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of this. Oh, I am one. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, gold card members get free refills That's on right. brewed coffees, iced tea, iced coffee, and cold brew. So I would stay long enough to finish my cold brew and get the refill and take it home to my wife. So Amazing. I'm really getting two for one, two for one, which makes it more reasonable than just one for one and a happy wife and a happy she's wife. probably stoked with cold brew every morning right? because she wouldn't get up as early as i would so it's by the time she's awake there's coffee but anyway so i would do um what really helped solidify my habit was doing uh the mcshane reading plan mm. tell us what that is uh, real quick. it's i don't know exactly how to explain it other than it's four chapters mm-hmm. um i have these two devotions like varsity level bible reader Kind of, yeah. I mean, you, you you definitely read through the entire Bible every year, and mm-hmm. I think you get through sections of the New Testament twice. Mm. You may get the Gospels twice and the Psalms twice, maybe, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the Old Testament and rest of the New Testament once. Yeah. Um, and so I have these devotionals by D.A. Carson called For the Love of God, mm-hmm. and there's two volumes of them, and so they go through the whole year, mm-hmm. um, and I have them, I do mine on my iPad. Mm. And so I can read the, I can just have the one thing in front of me. I read the devotional that kind of like gets my mind going mm-hmm. and then I'll just systematically work through those four chapters. Uh, when we started going to new city, I added in CBR. So it's actually, I'm doing more of a volume thing than sure. anything, which means I don't spend as much time lingering or studying. Mm. Um, cause I'm kind of going for breadth over depth in mm. the morning, at least it's mm-hmm. just more of a, I'm spending time reading widely yeah. across scripture. So you're getting, um, y- yeah, you're, you're kind of feasting on a, a broad buffet of scripture rather than, um, kind of taking a lozenger and sucking on it for a little while and letting all of the juices of it kind of flow in. Yeah. Although I will pick one usually only one at a time okay. of of those six chapters where I'm maybe reading a commentary in parallel. Mm. I've really found uh, the New Testament for everyone, which is N.T. Wright's mm-hmm. whole New Testament commentary, mm. and the Old Testament for everyone, which is John Golden Gay's mm-hmm. version of it for the Old Testament. Really helpful, one, because um, they do their own translation. So mm. it kind of, if I'm if I think I'm familiar with it, when I read their version of it, it's a little jarring because mm. they pick different word choices. Yeah. Um, and then it's just a really trying sh- in a good sense, trying in a good sense. Cause it makes me think like, Oh, is that really what that's saying? Like I kind of yeah. have a vague, like, sure. Oh yeah, this is the way this part of Philippians reads. And mm-hmm. then you read this translation of it. It's like, well, that's a little bit different. And yeah, then you read well his said. kind of devotional commentary on it. And mm-hmm. then if I want to explore further, I can so, go from there. So, um, a couple comments and then a question for you, Nate. Um, one comment is changing your Bible translation for Bible reading can actually be really helpful. Um, I'm familiar with that too. I I mean, I read the ESV exclusively, except for if I'm studying to preach or if I've 
just become really familiar. So like we're, uh, you know, in the gospel of Matthew right now. And so I might read Eugene Peterson's The Message, or I might read the New Living Translation, or I might try to find something that's a little bit, um, like for the Old Testament, I read a good portion of Robert Alter, who's a secular um, translator of the Old Testament, but he's really good at looking at literary forms. And so I read him for uh, First and Second Chronicles this year. And and I, so I really appreciate mixing up my translations because I'm, I'm accustomed to a lot of portions of scripture. That's the first comment. The second one is, is that you're a very... Um, highly trained, very well-read, very well-informed Bible reader. But what I heard you say is that you still read the Bible with helps. So whether it's D.A. Carson's devotional or the commentaries from N.T. Wright or John Golden Gay, you're still letting other people kind of guide you as you're reading the Bible, but you're not replacing the Bible with those helps. Right. Yeah, I would say it's that's a that's a very important thing to keep in mind is because I'm reading six different chapters, mm-hmm. I, I'm getting scripture no matter what, mm-hmm. and then with one or two of them, I'm getting some helps and just sort of rotate my way that's through good. it, and just assuming like there's just there's I'm realizing there's parts of the Bible I'm very familiar with, mm-hmm. but even then there's always something new to see, and mm-hmm. then I'm I'm really taking stock of parts that I'm unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to CBR this next year where the Old Testament section is in the prophets for really the entire year. I think we got Song of Solomon kind of on the front end, Mm -hmm. and then it's just all the way through the prophets. And so... Which everybody knows the Song of Solomon, like the back of their hand, right? Right. Of course, they've memorized all the love poetry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm just, I'm looking forward to... So just as a kind of preview, I'm probably going to work through some um, heavier commentaries that Mm -hmm. are still bite-sized if you break them down. Mm Mm-hmm for Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, because mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm, I'm not as familiar with what's going on there in a sure. lot of places. That's helpful. So so for our listeners, um, a study Bible is actually not, that's not like grade school. Like yeah. a study Bible is actually very helpful, even for those of us who have formal seminary training um, and are in many ways professional Bible readers. Uh, we still use study Bibles and and devotionals and commentaries, but we don't, we use them to supplement, not to replace mm-hmm. the, the exposure to scripture really matters. Um, so I had a question for you, which is, um, I am a paper Bible guy. I use a pencil. I, I write in my margins. I underline, um, I've got a new Bible now and it's hard for me because I don't have all my old notes and underlines from, from my old Bible. And, uh, but I love having a paper Bible. You're a screen guy. You're an iPad Bible reader. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, how do you avoid texts, news, social media, email, all of those things that are constantly, at least when I pull out my phone, calling out for my attention, like the sirens calling for Odysseus, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you avoid those, those things when you're trying to have, you're trying to engage in scripture before screens in mm-hmm. the morning, having God's voice shape your, your mind rather than those things? Yeah, it is. It is tricky. Um, for the most part, I've accustomed myself to the iPad is a reading device. Okay. Um, and so I do have, I have email, Twitter, Facebook on my iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have those on my phone. So when I, I use my phone for my alarm, so then when I'm turning off my, I actually don't use an alarm, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, when I'm, I track my sleep, but I don't have an alarm because gotcha. I just wake up when I need to. Mm-hmm. Um you're superhuman like that. It, I don't know actually what it is. I started not using an alarm during the first part of COVID and then never went back. Wow. Um, because my sleep regulated so well to some degree. Hmm. Um, 
but then also I'm just used to waking up at six o'clock every sure. morning. So if I'll just kind of wake up, um, but yeah, I, I push it off to the end. Like I kind of know, okay, I can check my email. I can read through Twitter, but it's a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So it's wasting time on the front end. If I do it now, mm-hmm. I'll do it on the back end. Okay. Um, and so it's, it, it, a lot of it is just getting in the zone. And mm-hmm. so like right now, um, and this goes back to what we I mentioned earlier, when uh, COVID happened and Starbucks was open, but mm. cafes weren't open. Right. I shifted to trying to do it at home. Mm. And I found that at home doesn't work for me because I'm too much of a doer. So if I'm at home, there are, I'll think of, oh, I need to do this or, oh, I need to do that. So mm. it was actually harder to focus with things to do mm-hmm. than things on a screen in front of me. Yeah. Somehow that was less distracting. Mm. So even now, um, Starbucks cafes reopened and then closed back again. Right. Um, but I still get up and go. And part of why I use the iPad is because I'm sitting outside in the dark. Because um, <laughs> you can still use the patio. But it's when, once I'm there, the only thing to do is read. You're holding vigil. That's yeah, what exactly. That's I'm, the older I'm, I'm waiting said. until they reopen and <laughs> let me right. back in. It's, it was tricky a couple mornings last week when it was like 40 degrees outside. Totally. Well, hey, I have a Starbucks rhythm too. And uh, not every day, but every week for my like monk mode time that oh, I yeah. set aside for sermon prep and things like that. And it's been, I, I honestly sat in my car. This is embarrassing for like 35, 40 minutes trying to f- deliberate. What am I going to do? Because it was closed inside and like 40 degrees outside. Right. And I, one of those days I uh, went to Panera Bread. Um, another one of those days I bundled up and just weathered the storm because I was like, I'm just so, <laughs> I'm a creature of habit, which is something. Yeah. I rely really heavily on context cues. Okay. So. What do you mean by that? Just once I'm, if this is what I'm going to this place to do, yeah. once I'm there, I just sort of slip into it. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so that's helpful. And the other thing is, uh, we've talked about this a little bit, is I'm comfortable failing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I sit down and accidentally check my email first, mm-hmm. I've checked my email, but I'm still just going to close it and open up my Logos Bible app and do my Bible reading. So mm-hmm. it's, it's in some sense, I can fail at screens before scripture, but mm-hmm. then still hit the mark of I'm spending my 30 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. in word and prayer. That's good. I like that. Okay. So um, when I sit down before the text of scripture, um, I have... Uh, a place. I'm, I'm kind of going to name some of these things mm-hmm. uh, because I think this is important for people to develop the habit. Yeah, um, we both have a place, um, and I, I know a, a guy in our congregation who's a, a principal, and he goes to a Starbucks near his middle school and and spends that time there because he can kind of do that before he goes to school in the morning. So you're not uh, yeah. you're not on or you're not alone in that. Um, but I, but we both have a place. We have a time. We have a plan, and so that for us is CBR at, at minimum, which is um, our Old Testament and New Testament readings. But then um, we also have, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a process or a practice, if mm-hmm. you will. So for you, it includes reading D.A. Carson's commentaries, or I'm sorry, devotional um, for the love of God, as well as supplementing it with some commentaries here and there. Um, and you'll sub those in and out based on if you're if we're in the prophets or some other part of scripture. And so, so that's kind of your plan. Um, do you do any journaling? I haven't recently. Okay. Um, I... I've been trying to get better about journaling just in a general sense. We, you and I have talked about this in other venues Mm -hmm. um, and getting better about um, 
marking my Bible, which mm. it sounds weird because I mean, I'm using it on the iPad, but I can mark in, mm-hmm. you can do marking in that. I actually have a really good system that we'll talk about some other time mm-hmm. for marking up mm-hmm. Bible with colored pencils. It's just with the rhythm I've been doing, I haven't been using it, but it's more mm-hmm. of a Bible study sure. kind of thing. So I've tried to think of it as two separate disciplines. Mm-hmm. What I do in the morning is reading and prayer. And mm-hmm. if I'm actually going to do studying, mm-hmm. I would go about that yeah. a little bit differently. Which is probably important for us to name that. I, I personally believe a Bible a Bible reading habit for spiritual formation, which is kind of what we're talking about, to mm-hmm. shape you in as a disciple of Jesus, um, should be one of Bible meditation. Um, that's where the promises of Scripture are for meditators on Scripture. Um, and so I understand there's two kind of ways to do that. One is what you do, which is large swaths of Scripture. So I know people that will sit down and read the Gospel of Mark in one sitting. Yeah. And there's something incredibly meditative about that because you're getting you – just, you're just over – not overloaded because that's a negative term, but like you're just being washed over with so much Scripture that you begin to distill themes and you begin to see connections. And so there's a meditation that can happen from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the downsides of doing the one chapter a day the way we do CBR. It's it's, it's a good practice for plotting yeah. through scripture, yep. but you miss some things that you would get if you read four chapters back to back to back. Yeah, that's right. And so so for me, what I do, because I do the two chapters, Old and New Testament, is I kind of do, if you kind of do the, the, the broad... Um, swath of scripture, I kind of do the drilling down on one verse, two verses, something like that. So, so I actually am a journaler. I've got my, um, again, it's not a moleskin, it's a lectern, I think is the brand, which is, it's a German company, but for lots of reasons, I like it better than a moleskin. Gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, but I do everything in there. My tasks, my personal journal, my notes, my sermon manuscript, like my sermon outlines, like like literally everything that happens that kind of goes through my mind and and whatnot makes its way into this journal because I actually think of it as a chronicle of Mm. that period of my life. Yeah, like a commonplace book. It's it's very much like a commonplace book. And I've got a digital commonplace book for like quotes and things like that. But this one really is like... I would love to be able to go back, you know, five years ago and look and see, which I can, and see what were those six months like? And I'd be able to see to-do lists. Like I was picking up this from the store. I had to do that project or because that's how life is, right? It's not mm-hmm. it's not really segmented into these things. So, so that's why I actually don't use our CBR journals, even though I think they're amazing. Um, I started there. I used that for a season, was really helped by it. I love the practice of, of using the acts to pray through scripture. Praying with your pen is something I've not lost. Um, but I began to move from the CBR journal into just doing everything in my journal. Um, and what I do is at the top, I write the, the scriptures. Um, so, you know, Matthew 13 and, and Proverbs 26 or whatever it is. And then in the right top right corner, I put the date, um, the day of the week, and then the place. Because I think space and time matter. Those mm-hmm. are those are really important for telling story and history. And so, like, I've got sometimes where I'm on an airplane doing CBR. And so I, I want to know in history, oh, yeah, I, was, I remember that. I was on the Southwest flight going from here to here. So I write the date, the, the day of the week, and the place, or in, yeah, the place where I am. And then I break my journaling up into three sections. So the first section is in, which is me personally, existentially, where's my soul? Where's my heart this morning? Um, and so I usually break that just for helpful uh, handles. I break it into two categories. I have a, uh, I usually try to write three things that are grieving me. That doesn't necessarily mean sad, but it means 
anxious or depressed or mm. nervous or angry or like what's weighing me down? What's bur- what are my burdens, you could say? So, but I, I say grieving because the other one is gratitude. So I've got two Gs there. There you go. Alliteration. Alliteration. I can't help myself. And so the first column is grieving. And I write three things, no more, no less. And so I name like I had a big test coming up recently. And so I, I had that the nerves about that. Um, I was overwhelmed with a bunch of projects one week. So I had that written down. I had like if there's conflict with Alana and I, I'm writing that down. And then in the next point, I'm putting three things I'm grateful for. And so this, so, you know, I'm often grateful for my son, for my job, for my friends, for my family, for our community at New City, for um, Jesus, uh, for, for lots of things. And so that practice of starting personally, existentially, uh, the way I like to think about it is Jesus's four soils metaphor. Mm, I feel like it tills yeah. up the soil of my heart a little bit. So then when I start there, then I go to the scriptures. And when I go to the scriptures from there, I find that they speak in in a way that actually becomes more immediately personal mm-hmm. because I've spent a little bit of time finding out where am I coming to this text from. You're kind of you're you're upping your self awareness before d- jumping into scripture. That's instead exactly of just right. Jumping right in. Yeah, that's well said. So I start with in, and then I go up, which is upward towards scripture. So then I'll read the passages. So I hadn't read the passages yet. I'll read Proverbs. I'll read Matthew. And oftentimes, I, th- I think I'm priming my attention uh, to become aware of things in the text that I wouldn't have been had I not done that preparatory work in my own heart. And so then when I'm reading those texts, what I do is I usually take a verse or two or three, and I literally handwrite the verse out into my journal. So it's been a lot of Proverbs lately, a lot of Proverbs about words and anger and, and some of these things, just because that's where a season I'm in, <laughs> apparently. Um, and, and so then I'm writing, handwriting those verses out, or I'm writing verses out from things that Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew that's powerful for me. So that's probably the first half of my page. The bottom half of my page is just, it's, it's, I'm praying these things out now. So I go from in to up to out. And that, that writing is a prayer, but it's a lot of meditation. Mm. So I'm asking questions. I'm saying, Jesus, what did you mean when you said, um, when, you know, what, what was going on in your heart when your disciples came to you and said that you offended the Pharisees? I'll tell you what would have happened in my heart. I would have tried, this is a literal thing that I just journaled through <laughs> recently. Uh, I would have been likely to want to go to the Pharisees and clarify some things so that they weren't offended by what I, but you don't have that sense of insecurity that I have. Like you're able to, to say challenging things out of love for people and not have to go repair it in order to make it right so that they like you again. And so I'm like, this is praise, right? I'm praising Jesus for being mm-hmm. so much better than me, but there's confession in there. I'm asking yeah. for forgiveness of my own ways of doing and, and then I'm usually ending, Holy Spirit, help me. <laughs> like Give me a sense of confidence in who you are for me so that I don't have to be afraid of people like I am. And and that was a recent one because the Proverbs talked about the fear of man. And then I saw Jesus not fearing men in really powerful ways. And it was contrasted with Herod and how Herod feared the people. And that's why he cut John the Baptist's head off. and mm-hmm. Or it's why he didn't. But then he, you know, feared the stripper's mom. And so then he did. And it's like all this stuff going down. So that's just, that's one page of my Moleskin journal. And, and, and so that's kind of how I interact with scripture and my soul and the situation I'm in and, and kind of bringing all those things kind of to bear. And I believe that scripture, soul, and situation are, are the three elements of meditation. We're bringing those three things together. We're really meditating on scripture in a way that it begins to speak into hearts and lives in a, in a new way. Yeah. Well, I think that's very helpful, the, kind of the way you mapped all that out. And so we'd hope as listeners are kind of working through things and thinking about what they might do with their Bible reading in the mm-hmm. new year. 
uh, that they could try to adopt some of these principles that we model and then some of these practices that yeah. you just laid out for us. Yeah, good. So have a time, have a place, have a plan, have a process, and I would say have a people. That's the last thing I would say is one of the things I love about CBR is I can talk to you and be like, Nate, wasn't this crazy when Jesus said this? Or Nate, what do you make of this proverb? Or because we're a community of mm. Bible readers. And so have people that you're texting in the morning and say, hey, I thought about you when I read this in CBR. Or hey, I'm, I'm really grateful for this. Or yeah, I know a guy who has a thread of people he texts every morning with his kind of, uh, you know, what I call the out section where I'm journaling a prayer to just encourage them and tell them what, where's God speaking. Do something like that. Have people, because unless you have people, you're not going to probably pull this off. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good word to end on. And it's why it's community Bible reading rather than that's just, right. here's our Bible reading plan, you know, Ex- do what exactly. you want. Yeah. So, all right, well, I'm looking forward to our next conversation and we'll see everyone else then. Thanks, Nate. Yeah.